Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. People will start to hopefully change the way they act online and realize that all this is crazy. More tic-tac-toe on my forehead, less threatening people with violence. You get a little binky and stuff when you take down your nap? Yes, yes I do. Yeah. Binky and blanky. Binky and a blanky. Now I know you're getting old that you would use the phrase, it doesn't grow on trees. It doesn't. Now I know why you have to use that hair dye. It doesn't doesn't. grow on trees. You use some hair dye. Your hair hair looks terrible. By the way, (laughs) the tic-tac-toe game ended. Do not put the final board up on NBC right now because there was a little wrinkle. There was a little wrinkle with the O. So do not. (laughs) I had forgotten about those epic tic-tac-toe games on Big Cat's face. It's been a while since we've had Big Cat on the program, and he joins us today from his undisclosed location somewhere in Brooklyn, right? Are you in Brooklyn? I'm in Brooklyn, and uh, I can't. Looking at that, that's like a different world. I mean, that was before the world changed forever. But yeah, the tic tac toes were our, were our like smallest uh, issue going on was what someone would draw to finish off the tic tac toe that we couldn't show on TV. But yes, I'm from an undisclosed location in Brooklyn, um, which I think is pretty much disclosed at this point. But yeah, it's good to see you, Mike. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you back. And the date on that, March the 6th, that was five days before the world turned upside down. And it really feels like 10 years ago, not just a month and a half ago, given everything that's changed and the way that our day-to-day lives have been altered by the ongoing pandemic. And the disclaimer explanation that I try to make every day right out of the gates, we understand there are far bigger issues in the world right now. We are here to provide you with distraction, diversion, something other than the news that can bring you down. We all need a little balance. And I know for me, Big Cat, being able to do this show a couple of hours a day, five days a week is part of my balance. It's where I can wall off anything that may be negative or concerning or just repetitive at this point it's the same stuff over and over and over again and we're all waiting for kind of some weird all clear 
that we can go back to our normal lives, even though there's no indication when that's ever going to come. I don't know how much you've looked at the outline, but I think the first topic is we're going to we're going to decide how many people were at Dak Prescott's party because uh, it didn't you know have the CDC guidelines for social distancing. But I agree with everything you said, because at some point you have to take a step back and especially uh, the field that we're in. People don't don't you know follow me on Twitter, watch me do things, listen to part of my take for uh, serious matters so i gotta make people laugh and i also have to be here to dominate you in a draft that was really the big thing matt casey texted me and he said mike's getting a little too uppity here so you it would be nice if you just you know popped in for a day from your living room and uh dunked on him for for a draft to to remind him who's boss around here you, you did have no my hero you did have my hero and role model dr falci on your podcast though which i thought was awesome and excellent and it was at a time when a lot of people in the demographic that listen to your podcast weren't taking this as seriously as they should and it was part of the effort to get people to take it seriously so i commend you for that because it's still and we are going to talk about that coming up it's still a challenge to get everyone especially younger people to take it as seriously as they should we we have to find that clip we have to put in that clip that i got that dig at you with dr fauci on the podcast at the end because it was great to have dr fauci on and it was even better to make fun of your actually you're not short but try to make fun of your short face and uh in front of dr fauci but you were insulting dr fauci at the same time and he was oblivious to that that's what made it even worse Listen, he's I think Dr. Fauci's what, like five, five. I think he knows what his, what, you know, his height restrictions, <laughs> although he was on his uh, what was his starting point guard of his high school basketball team. So he made it work. All right. Uh, Dak Prescott, starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And we had an item of news yesterday. Big Cat, if you watched the show and I have a feeling you did not. We were talking about whether or not Dak Prescott would participate in the virtual offseason program that the Cowboys will have, given the fact that he's got a franchise tag that applies to him. He doesn't have a long-term contract. He wouldn't have shown up for the real off-season program if they had had one that began on April 6th. And during the program, I was able to report he's not going to take part in any of this stuff without his long-term contract. Stephen Jones, the COO of the Cowboys, addressed the situation on Tuesday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas and Stephen Jones said of our report that Dak wouldn't participate. I'm not necessarily aware of that. He certainly was sent an iPad with the playbook on it. And I know he certainly can participate. For every player, it's voluntary in terms of their participation in the virtual meetings. I'm not aware and haven't been made aware as to what degree Dak's participation level would be. Look, that's a way to avoid the real issue here. Of course, it's voluntary. If you're under contract or if you're not under contract, it's all voluntary. This is your starting quarterback who has a franchise tag, who doesn't have a long-term deal, and the guy who is the leader of your team, the guy who is going to make the offense go or not go, is taking the position, screw you, I'm not going to participate without my long-term contract. And look, I don't know what else I expected Stephen Jones to say, but he's avoided the broader point here. Dak would be involved. He would volunteer to participate if he had a contract that he felt good about and the Cowboys continue to drag their feet on that topic. It's also one of those situations that given everything that's going on right now and the fact that everyone is uh, doing, you know, remote work, work from home, it does feel a little more pronounced that the offseason program is simply opening up an iPad and participating that way. And Dak almost like in a weird way, Mike, I feel like Dak has added leverage here because the barrier to participate is so low. You don't have to leave the comfort of your own home and he's still going to sit out the off-season workouts, 
and the offseason, uh, you know, in, entire deal that they have for the Cowboys and basically make it be like, hey, listen, I'm not doing any of this, even though it's so easy for me to log in. So he's really kind of showing them we're not doing any of this stuff until I get a new deal. Because usually when someone doesn't show up for OTAs, it's not really a story because it happens all the time when a guy's trying to hold out on his contract. But when someone doesn't show up to their like 11 a.m. Zoom call, it feels a little bit more, hey, we really need to get something done because I'm not even doing that. You rarely have a starting quarterback who doesn't participate in OTAs. Even when Kirk Cousins was tagged consecutive years by Washington, he signed the tender and was there because from his perspective, and he's probably right, he needed all the work he could get. From Dak's perspective, he's withholding services at a time when Mike McCarthy, new head coach, would ver- I hear Jordan, would very much yep. like to have Dak Prescott involved. And Big Cat, look, I, I'm, I believe that, that Dak Prescott should do everything in his power to get the Cowboys to give him the contract he wants. The Cowboys are using everything that, that they have by way of their rights under the CBA to restrict Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott should use every weapon he has available. But I think it can be a more delicate PR situation from the standpoint of how the fans react when all he's got to do is turn on the iPad and what else is he doing? So I think there's a little bit of extra risk there if you do take the position, screw you, I'm not going to participate. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of these guys can make a decision based on what the fans are going to think because from a fan's perspective, we always think, why aren't you showing up to OTAs? Why aren't you showing up to training camp? Come on, figure it out. It's millions of dollars. You know, usually you have the fan perspective and it's simply like you should be happy that you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. Just go ahead and sign. So I don't ever take the fan's perspective into account here when you're talking about a guy who's trying to maximize his value at one given point in time when you might he may never be back at this point. You know how the NFL works. Dak Prescott may never be back at a, a, a spot where he can negotiate everything he has in front of him and get millions and millions and millions of dollars. So I would never begrudge anyone for trying to maximize that and leverage every possible situation they can. But again, like you said, and like I said, it definitely seems different when it's a virtual OTA versus one where you actually have to get in your car and drive to the facility. Yeah, because look, some guys may welcome having that thing that they can do for four hours a day, four days a week that is other than just sitting around the house if they are indeed complying with the stay-at-home orders, which is a different issue altogether involving Dak Prescott, which we will delve into yet again now. And Big Cat, as you mentioned while I was providing the daily disclaimer, we're here to provide a distraction from the pandemic. There is overlap between the pandemic and football, and there is a significant chunk of overlap as it relates to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys because Prescott broke his silence on Tuesday, four days after he reportedly hosted a party this was a tmz report that had photographic evidence of food that looked like it was intended for more than a few people uh and also people who were maybe clustered a little more closely together than they should be and there were some other allegations made of up to 30 people at dak prescott's home for a birthday party for a friend dak prescott came out and issued a statement it was sent to us and others i understand and accept that there are additional responsibilities and media scrutiny that come with being an nfl quarterback But it is very frustrating and disappointing when people provide completely inaccurate information from anonymous sources, especially now. To set the record straight, I know that we all need to do our best to socially distance. And like everyone else, I am continuing to adjust to what that requires. But the truth is that I was with fewer than 10 people for a home dinner, not a party, on 
Friday night. That's Dak Prescott's statement. Uh, you can see it at profootballtalk.com and react to it there. And look, I th- this meshes with what someone close to him said in the aftermath of the TMZ report of a party of up to 30. There were fewer than 10, and social distancing was complied with at all times. But there is a different issue here, Big Cat, and I think it's important for people to understand this. If the people at his house weren't people who live with him at his house, he was providing a way for people to violate the stay-at-home order in Texas by leaving their homes and coming to his house. And that's not a technicality, right? Everybody should be staying home while we keep the spread of the virus under control. And if you're having a dinner or a party or whatever the hell label you're going to apply to it, and you're having people leave their homes in violation of the stay-at-home order and come to your house— That's a problem. And when there are millions of people who are complying with these requirements in order to limit the spread of the virus, protect family members and strangers and anyone who it could make incredibly sick or kill, it is a little bit glaring when the quarterback of America's team isn't complying with it. And it's amazing to me how many people violently disagree with that to the point where I wonder whether people really are listening to the Dr. Fauci's of the world, really do get it and understand what needs to be done, or are they just so frustrated by the situation they're going to blow off steam even though they ultimately do comply, they want to yell and scream at anyone who reminds them of this existence we're now all trapped in? Well, I think it's hard for people to fully grasp what's going on. So I'm not surprised that you've had a negative uh, interaction with people online who basically say, Florio, you're being a stick in the mud. I, to me, it's more, you know, let's just say Dak Prescott had eight people. And you're right, like letting other people into your bubble then compromises people outside your bubble. It's pretty clear what they've told us about this disease and what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And he did exactly what you're not supposed to do. Let's just throw all that out for, to the side for a second. It's actually, to me, a simple judgment thing where Dak Prescott, like, you, like read the room. That, that's more my issue if I'm, if I'm, you know, Stephen Jones or Jerry Jones. It's simply like, hey, you're supposed to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Read the room. Figure out what's going on in the world and don't be the guy who screws up and has everyone yell at him. We had that weekend back in, like, mid-March. I think it was right around St. Patrick's Day where the the nation kind of, you know, flipped and realized what was going on. And there was that weekend where everyone was getting shamed for going out. And I think a lot of people went out that weekend not realizing the severity of this. And they almost not get a pass. They do get a pass because they didn't fully understand it. But if we're three, four weeks, five weeks into, you know, here in New York City, where I think there's a start of week five basically being trapped in our homes, and you're doing a party like this, that just is such a glaring, you know, lack of, of understanding what's going on around you. And that's more concerning in a weird way if you're the Cowboys than breaking the CDC guidelines, which is clearly more concerning in a big, you know, global issue here. But if you're the Cowboys, you're like, Dak, what are you doing here, man? Like, figure it out. Like, even even if you want to do it and, and have no cell phones, like, we'll never know. You shouldn't do it, but at least we won't know. The fact that he had cell phones there, people were taking pictures. I agree with you. There's a lot of food, more than it, there should be for 10 people. But in one defensive Dak Prescott, I'm an over-orderer when it comes to parties, and I like to have leftovers. So maybe that was what he was going for. And this party, this dinner, whatever we want to call it, it came in the aftermath of two different situations where Dak Prescott and Des Bryant were working out outside of their homes at facilities that should have been closed 
based upon local and state orders for staying at home and shutting down non-essential businesses. And the first time they worked out, it was capped with a photo of five guys draped arm in arm, which clearly was tone deaf to social distancing and stay at home orders. And then they did it again. And the evidence kept showing up on social media because Des Bryant is more interested in getting a job than he is in complying with the stay at home orders. And Dak was caught in the middle of that. So if you weren't already sensitive to the issues before the two different occasions when you left your home to work out with Des Bryant and got called out for it, well, that makes it even more glaring that you have people come over to your house and have a dinner or a party when everyone should be staying at home. And I'm with you. Like, at what point is it not an excuse to be oblivious? This is the one thing that has affected all of us in a very profound way, even if you don't watch the news. At some point, This issue is going to land right in the middle of your radar screen, and natural human curiosity is going to get you to try to figure out exactly what this is all about and what's expected of me, and it's not all that hard to figure out what's expected of you, and it's not all that hard to comply with what's expected of you. Stay at home and don't have anyone come over to your house because they're all supposed to stay at home as well, and I agree with you from the Cowboys' perspective. It's not like they're rescinding the franchise tender and they don't want him to be their quarterback, but at some level, you got to have people in that organization thinking, what the hell is wrong here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, listen, I agree, and and you're spot on. But I also, I, you know, I remember being – how old is Dak Prescott? 20, 25, 26, 27? I mean, how old is he? Somewhere that, in that, that range. That time frame, mid-20s. Yeah, right, mid-20s. I remember being in my mid-20s. I remember thinking that I had figured out, you know, all of life. I remember thinking that I was invincible, especially if you're a pro athlete who is kind of invincible, you know, health-wise in a lot of ways. So – it's hard for me as stupid as this was and he should be criticized because guess what being criticized in this moment will actually probably help spread awareness to more people but I will also step back at the end of the day and be like hey I know Dak Prescott is probably thinking to himself there's no chance that this thing will affect me in any way and I can't blame him because we all at one point in time were walking around with that, you know, 25 mid 20s confidence that we were invincible and that nothing could stop us. So I know what that felt like. And I'm not going to sit here and be old man yells at cloud like you, Florio, and not at least give him not at least give him that decency where it's like I've been in that spot and I would be foolish to to tell you that I was you know, wise and mature when I was in my mid-20s to be able to listen to these things. Two quick points. Number one, this isn't doing something stupid that just endangers you, like riding around on a motorcycle without a helmet. It endangers other people. And I think that's enough to bust through that sense of invincibility you have when you're a professional athlete in your mid-20s, early 20s, whatever the case may be. And number two, the fact that there have been so many voices early in this process, who, for reasons that still aren't entirely clear, although I think some of them were doing it simply to cater to their main audience and for profit, the people who were spreading BS, the people who were grabbing the microphone and saying, this is just the flu, this is no big deal, go about your lives. When I'm in my early 20s and I want to go about my life, I grab onto that message. That's the danger of that message, that people in the media were spreading and they know who they are. 
that when you spread that, you empower people who are looking for any excuse they can to live their lives the way they want to live their lives. And they are glad that you're saying that because it gives them the license to do the thing that deep down they know they maybe shouldn't do. And deep down, I think Dak knows he shouldn't have done it. Deep down, Stephen Jones knows he shouldn't have done it because he said yesterday on 105.3 The Fan, we've certainly communicated with Dak and Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott was also at the dinner or the party or whatever it was. I think they're certainly aware now of how sensitive these situations are, and I don't think you'll be seeing that anymore. That was the word from Stephen Jones, son of team owner Jerry Jones. Let's take a break. Kirk Cousins, the Vikings quarterback, said some things yesterday about the possibility of playing in an empty stadium, and it is generating exactly the reaction that I thought it would when I saw his quotes. We'll tell you what he said when PFT Live continues right after this. Kirk Cousins, he has pushed himself to a higher level, and I think it's going to continue into 2020. Oh, baby. I can't believe I just saw you pick Kirk Cousins. I mean, the love-hate continues. I love him. He's your guy. Follow him. I love him not. Kirk Cousins is kind of a dork. I love him. I don't think the gap right now between Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes is as broad as people would think it is. I love him not. Shanahan says you've got the right quarterback there. Not everybody can see that. You know, he's right about that. But, oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, I've already seen that damn thing twice this week. I have a feeling it's going to be played every time, Big Cat. We're going to be talking about Kirk Cousins. He had a conference call yesterday with reporters and among other things he said it was a no-brainer to sign his extension with the Vikings that puts him under contract for three more seasons it was a two-year 66 million dollar extension created 10 million dollars in cap space for the Vikings dropped his cap number from 31 down to 21 Uh, but that wasn't the big news that came out of it the big news that came out of the Kirk Cousins conference call related to his effort to discuss to analyze to assess the possibility of playing games without fans present which is a distinct possibility in 2020 here's what Kirk Cousins had to say honestly to go out and just play the game would kind of be refreshing and breath of fresh air to just know that you know we don't have to have all the smoke and the fire we can just go play football Um, so as long as we're playing the game I, I won't have a lot of complaints and hopefully if it's still not returned to normal hopefully we can find a way to to make it work That's one of those moments where your inner monologue and your outer monologue should maybe not mesh because it just doesn't sound good for a guy who makes his money in large part based upon the fans who pay to show up and watch him play to create the impression, not that he just wouldn't mind if the fans aren't there, but he'd actually kind of prefer it. He, I think this is Kirk Cousins saying, like, could you imagine me in prime time not having to deal with the pressure of fans? This could be my first time I win a Monday night football game. I'm just shocked that that sound clip exists of you saying that the gap between Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins isn't that large. That is, was that when Patrick Mahomes was injured? When he yes, was actually yes. not playing? Yes. <laughs> it was when he first came back. It was when he first came back and Cousins was on a tear then. He was on a ridiculous statistical tear at the time, which seems hard to believe in hindsight, but it was true at the moment. And Mahomes was working his way back from the from the knee injury that caused him to miss a couple of games. So, yes, thank you for pointing out the context. That was not a January take. That was a November take. It, it, it is interesting, though, that Kirk Cousins is uh, has this, you know, perspective. I think I think what happened here 
more than anything is he's hearing people say it would be great to get back to normal. It would be great to have sports back in our lives. And then he took that message and uh, pushed it to the next level of it would almost be great if fans never played or never were at the stadium and never booed me. And I didn't have to have the pressure of performing under, you know, thousands of thousands of eyes and let all of them down. It'd be, it'd be great if they just stayed at home and we had that wall, that TV that was in between us. So I don't even have to think about the hopes and dreams of Vikings nations getting crushed every <laughs> single year. And, and here's the thing. If you're an offensive player, it is better to not have fans there yeah. at all games because for half the games, you don't have to worry about silent counts. You don't have to worry about crowd noise. George Kittle was on with us on Friday, and he explained, I kind of like it because I want to go to New Orleans and Seattle and not have to worry about not being able to hear myself think. And it's only a problem for your defense at home games. And that would be a major disadvantage for the Vikings defense because the noise at home games helps them gain an edge over the offense, which loses its split-second head start on the play. When you can't hear the snap count, when you don't know it's coming, you lose as an offense that little bit of a head start that allows you to get in position to block the pass rushers who are trying to get around the edge. It's a little subtlety like that, and it goes away completely when you're on the road trying to run your offense in a building that's loud. And the Vikings building is one of the loudest. So, yeah, it's going to be good for Cousins because they do go to Seattle and New Orleans this year to run his offense without fans there. But it's going to be in eight home games, all of a sudden, not the advantage the Vikings had because their defense isn't going to have that edge at the snap, Big Cat. So, Mike, answer me this. Like, trying to think about the world without fans and how this is actually going to work. Would the teams potentially still play in their stadiums, their empty stadiums, or would teams play in practice facilities? Maybe not because those aren't big enough. Like, how would it work? How would teams, you know, execute this? Because I think the one thing that would be really weird is – everyone kind of playing in a dome situation where everyone has that practice bubble um, and, and having really controlled environment where now we don't even know what's going to happen with the entire season where everyone is playing indoors, no fans, like talk about offensive numbers. It will be insane. Well, and, and I think that you raise a good point that is still to be determined because consider this, it's one thing to say no fans in the, any games, right? Uh, but, what if in California there's another spike, the second wave, the third wave, which which has been much publicized, and it was the third wave of the Spanish flu in 1918 that killed more people than either of the first two waves. So what if we get back to a point where there's a stay-at-home order in California and there's no exemption for sports? Well, at that point, the 49ers can't play in their stadium. The Chargers and the Rams can't play in their stadiums. What the hell do they do? And And that's when you really get into some strange outcomes where you find a, a, a practice facility at a neutral site and you play the game there. You put all the teams in one state. Florida's made it clear that sports are an essential business. Do you have all 32 teams in Florida? The way baseball's talking about putting all 30 franchises in Arizona and playing the games there. So these are all things to be determined, and these are all part of a plan that I think the NFL needs to be working through every permutation now. So when the virus dictates what is going to happen, it's just a matter of pressing the button on the predetermined plan, and this is what we do if this happens. And if something else happens, this is what we do. Instead of making it up on the fly, that's my big fear, Big Cat, 
that the league is going to find itself making it up on the fly instead of identifying every possible scenario and brainstorming every possible solution, which is what they should be doing right now, and I fear that they're not. I agree with you. It's going to be very, very odd and see how they figure out how they navigate all this. And I'll add one more thing, Mike. You know, we had uh, today's part of my take. Uh, we had Kendrick Perkins on the show who, who played in the NBA, won a championship with the Celtics, played for the Thunder and a bunch of other teams. And we asked them point blank, like if you were still in the NBA and, you know, the idea of a quarantine kind of biodome bubble where they put all the players into one spot and had them play the rest of the season, would you be in? And he said no. And he said no simply because he would not want to leave his family during something like this. And he would not want to, you know, you saw uh, the NBA player Carl Anthony Towns, his mother tragically passed away. So, like, would you be asking a bunch of guys to leave their family and almost, you know, it's not fend for themselves. This isn't, you know, uh, Mad Max or anything like that. This isn't Waterworld, but it is a situation where you're asking people to leave their loved ones and say, hey, go ahead and, you know, keep, you know, shelter in place. This is obviously assuming things aren't going to change, which I think they will. I'm, I'm in a positive streak right now, Mike. I should put that there. We, we'll do some positivity. But I think that's asking a lot of players that I don't think all the players are down for, and I don't blame them. Here's the difference between you and me. If I had made a pool of the movie Waterworld, if I had mm. mentioned that title, you would have never let me hear the end of it for the oh, rest of classic. my natural no. life uh -uh. and beyond. I, I no, it's one of the, the worst movies ever made. It's one of the biggest busts of all time. Waterworld starring about? Kevin Costner. A big giant floating fort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but you hey, know what? what? We got to go. Mike. We got to go. You're an alarmist. We, we, That's coming. We, we, we got to go. But but here you're you're onto something. We could have in these sports the guys who have families say I'm out, I'm not doing it, and the guys who don't have families, the young guys, the guys in that bubble, 23, 24, who say screw it, what you know, I'm not married, I don't have kids, I'm gonna go do it. We could see a, a dramatic reshaping of the workforce, sport by sport, based upon whatever the reality is. All right, we got to take a break. When we return, some draft props. The draft, if you haven't heard, is only eight days away. We've got some prop bets that will play out when PFT Live continues right after this. NBCSN has a football focus from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern every weekday now. From 7 to 11, it's PFT Live. Two hours live, two hour re-air. 11 a.m. Eastern to noon, it's the NBC Sports Football Flex, which features content from the various NBC Sports digital football properties. Lunch Talk Live from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern with Mike Tirico. Today, Angels outfielder Mike Trout and Mets first baseman Pete Alonzo will join the program. And then from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, the Rich Eisen Show. And then it all ends with an encore of Lunch Talk Live. That is the lineup weekdays on NBCSN. All right, it's time for some props. The draft is just eight days away. Who gets drafted first, Big Cat? Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert? So answering this, Mike, what what is this Tua slide that we're seeing right now that you're hearing about? Because I, I think Tua is the answer, and I would draft Tua over Justin Herbert uh, just from body of work. And, you know, Justin Herbert to me is a nice player, and I think he's going to have a good career. But there is that element of, like, I've watched a few of his games, and it hasn't always clicked, whereas Tua has had these moments that have been absolutely electric. And, yeah, he has unbelievable guys around him, and Alabama's always – going to be one of the best teams depth wise uh in the country but I, I i still like Tua and i know there's health issues but i still like Tua so what is this 
What can we attribute this slide to? Well, you know, it's funny. When I first started hearing talk that Tua was going to slide out of the top 10, my reaction was the team that holds the number 11 pick must really, really want him because that's usually what happens. You have a team that wants a guy. It's this Machiavellian approach. They spread horrible things about the guy because they love him so much they want him to land in their laps. And that was my first thought. But when you start hearing it over and over and over again from different people you know and trust, and it all comes down to the inability of team doctors to take a close look at where Tua is. The hip, other injuries that we know about, maybe injuries we don't know about. And I had someone tell me yesterday, someone I trust very much, as opposed to all the other people who lie to me, but someone I trust very much told me that the attitude of the teams is, we want our guys who are accountable to us to be examining Tua Tonga-Vailoa because that's the only doctor we can trust. And without that, they're not willing to take the risk. There's too much at stake. If you roll the dice on Tua Tonga-Vailoa and it blows up in your face, good luck saving your job when you have to go to the owner and explain why you took him with all this uncertainty and all the chatter out there that these health issues are enough to keep him from being drafted in the top 10. So that's where it is. So that's why I say Justin Herbert. I've heard it too many times from too many people, and it's a shame this is happening to Tua. It's a shame he can't get properly checked out by team doctors, but this is part of the world we're living in, and under these circumstances, I don't see Tua being picked in the top 10. Okay. All right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I, I would pick Tua, but I I understand uh, where you're coming from. And, you know, it reminds me of Laramie Tunsil. When the gas mask bong video hit, Right before the draft, there wasn't enough time to get down the rabbit hole and and be okay with it and understand what happened and why it happened. People freaked out. This is more of an extended freak out because they can't get the answers they need as to where Tua Tonga-Vailoa is, which may contribute to that slide. All right. Over, under, on the number of receivers picked in round one, 5.5. What do you got? I have over. Over 5.5. I think it's going to be six, maybe even seven. This is obviously one of the deepest drafts uh, in wide receivers, probably in NFL history. And you'll see it. It always happens. There'll be a run on receivers. You know, one, two, three guys gets picked. Everyone starts moving around because they don't want to have their guy miss. So I'm taking the over here. I'm taking the under because of the depth. Because I think some teams will say, instead of, burning a first round pick on a receiver now the gap isn't so great that we can't wait just like with running backs in most years why do you want to take a running back in round one when you can get one that is almost as good in round three four five or six I feel like with receiver that's the truth this year Eric DaCosta the Ravens GM said last week you can find a starter in round five this year at receiver so I think it's going to be fewer than that because I think teams are going to address other areas where there's a scarcity of high-end talent and wait until later to get that receiver because they're going to be confident they're going to get that receiver and that receiver they get later isn't going to be that much worse than the guy that they're passing on in round one. Okay. You know, if you look at the draft, the way it, it, it works out, you know, the 49ers getting that extra pick there, they're going to get a receiver. The Packers at the end of the first round, they're going to probably go for receiver. I just think every team, whenever you say depth, but when the run starts – teams will panic and they probably have one of these you know top six guys circled so if 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 the first three that we all think are going to go go uh it will be very quick to go for the next three well if you're the 49ers you better draft a receiver because you're going to have a hard time 
dra- uh, uh, c- convincing one to sign as a free agent if you're going to run the ball as much as they did in the postseason before the Super Bowl. And that's an issue with the 49ers that still needs to be resolved going forward. Are they a running team? Are they a passing team? Will they have balance? All right. Over under on the number of draft night trades. It is 5.5. Last year, there were six trades. What do you got? This one's tough because don't you think there is an element of of having it be a different draft? Uh, everyone's remote. Everyone's on Zoom or whatever call they're going to be on. Will probably like dealing with that hurdle might make it a little bit less likely that teams are calling around and checking around for every single player. I don't know. I, I can't figure this one out. I'd probably I'd probably go over still just because there is a lot of movement on draft day, but. It's going to be interesting because we've never done this. This is the one of the weirdest drafts, you know, like we're, we're in uncharted territory. On one hand, you're going to have teams you are going to be very cautious. They're going to be very careful, and they don't want to introduce more moving parts into this process that they're learning on the fly. On the other hand, you're going to have some people who want to show off. You're going to have some GMs, some coaches, some owners who want to be able to show, hey, we've cracked this code. We know what we're doing. It's not that hard. Just pick up the phone and make the call. Also, also, I wonder how many trades – already have been agreed to with the understanding that they're not going to be disclosed until the pick that is being acquired is on the clock. I made this uh, point yesterday as it relates to Yannick Ngakwe. If the Jaguars have a deal in place to trade him for a first-round pick, there's no reason to put their name in that spot for now because once you put Jaguars at number 18 or wherever, everybody picking below that spot knows the Jaguars are there, and they start thinking, who are the Jaguars going to try to get, and do we have to jump them? You always want to acquire a draft pick when it's on the clock, and it very well could be Dave Caldwell, the GM of the Jaguars, has a deal to move Ngakwe, and we'll find out about it on draft night, but it's already in place. Even then, I still think we'll be under. I still think it's going to be under 5.5. For the first night of the draft, I think it's going to be under that because you are going to have people who are trying to be very cautious and very careful, and, uh, and they're not going to want to get too creative with all the other dynamics they have to deal with because of this unprecedented and hopefully one-of-a-kind draft night that we're going to have coming up in eight days. All right, uh, quick break. When we return, Jake Fromm, the Georgia quarterback, is flying up. The, there's always somebody who's flying up the boards. Why is he? Is it because he's truly being perceived as better than he is, or does he just have a really good agent? We'll talk about that when PFT Live continues right after this. Oh no! Oh, wait a minute! Oh, oh, he's the. I'm like, wait a minute! That, 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 oh, you're the cat. Big cat is the cat. I uh, some creativity from the control room. I like it. And every time they mention Big Cat Rescue on that damn show, I thought of you. Have you watched the Tiger King? <laughs> that Sims looks great. Sims should really get one of those eyebrow piercings. Really kind of completes his whole look. You know, Sims used to go to Big Cat Rescue when he was the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The kids who did well in school, they got a little break. They get to go to Big Cat Rescue, and Sims Sims has met Carol Baskin, and, and she what? didn't feed him to her tigers. What? Oh, wow. Look yeah. at that. A brush with uh, celebrity. Uh, not celebrity for the good reason, but a celebrity. You know, apparently there's a new episode of that. I haven't watched it yet, but they dropped it on Sunday. Have you watched it? I have not watched it yet. I have to, though. So uh, that that... That will be, we were talking about it today, like how many Halloween costumes? Will it have that staying power? That's kind of the cultural relevance meter that I always go by is like, can something be viral and and hit everyone in the nation in April and uh, just come October, we can have a bunch of costumes of people dressing up like Joe Exotic. 
That's a great point, and I think, yes, because it will feel like it's creative and edgy because people will have started to forget about Joe Exotic. So so the first reaction is going to be like, who is this? Oh, you're the guy from the Tiger King, and it kind of swings yeah. back around that way. So, yes. Yeah. But I, yes. I, I, won't be, I won't be Joe Exotic or Carol Baskin or anyone else who was Come connected on. to that show. Dress up. Uh, no. Um, all right. You, are you like Jake Khalil Frum. Mack? Do you have a security guard at your front door being like, Mike's not giving out candy today? No, no, we give out candy. We get, what are you talking about? We give out, we give out, well, we have nobody. Here's the thing. When you live on top of a hill, nobody yeah. comes to your house on Halloween. So we end up buying candy just in case. And then I get to eat it all because nobody comes to the house. We have a neighbor like, like a uh, hundred feet down the hill. They, their two kids come up and, and that's, that's pretty much it. So I get a lot of extra candy on Halloween. All right. Yeah. Um, Jake from. Georgia quarterback Sims interviewed him at uh, Super Bowl weeks uh, the the days before the the game when we were there for the whole week uh, from reportedly and I'm always skeptical about these reports this comes from Ian Rappaport of NFL Media from is doing well in the video interviews he's taken with teams now when a report like that comes out this means that either the reporter has spoken with all the teams with whom the person is interviewed and gotten a an unbiased objective look or the agent is feeding this crap and is part of the quid pro quo that happens in this business when you want to have good relationships with these agents you'll hold your nose from time to time and throw that turd out there that's aimed at helping a guy and that's my first thought sorry ian but that's my first thought he's doing the guy's agent a favor and putting this out there because how the hell else can you say with authority that he's doing well in these interviews unless you're talking to all the teams that have talked to him or three they were just showing clips from his first two years at georgia and not the third year when he kind of plateaued because i the crazy thing about jake Fromm is after that national championship game i walked away being like that guy is an absolute stud bona fide first round draft pick like if you remember he he was tough as nails in that game against alabama that tua ended up coming in at halftime and winning and he did it as a freshman and if it were if it were similar to how the NBA works, and he was able to come out right away, right after that game, I do think he would have probably been drafted higher than he'll be drafted this year. So maybe that's that's the answer, Mike. Maybe it's C. Jake Fromm's video interviews are just him showing clips from his freshman year over and over, <laughs> and he's impressing everyone. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. Remember when the incident happened back in December when the Patriots taped the sideline of the Bengals a week before they were going to play the Bengals. Um, that still hasn't been resolved yet, so we asked the league yesterday where it stands. We'll tell you what the league had to say when PFT Live continues right after this. On December the 8th, the Browns and the Bengals were playing in Cleveland, and we found out the day after the game the Patriots had videotaped the sideline of the Bengals, which was significant because the Patriots played the Bengals the following Sunday. The Patriots quickly admitted to an inadvertent violation with no connection between the video crew and football operations. The league began an investigation, and the investigation still continues to this day. The commissioner addressed it at his pre-Super Bowl press conference on January 29. He said they were still looking at everything, and I was told yesterday by the league the matter remains under review. And the reason that it's relevant, if you're going to take away draft picks for the Patriots, you probably should wrap it up 
and take away the draft picks because the draft is next week. So this one is strange to me why it is still lingering. I was told early on that some of the league office were trying their damnedest to show that there was a connection between the video crew and football operations. I don't think it should be all that difficult to get to the bottom of it with cell phone records, text messages, emails, whatever. If there's any overlap, then they're busted. If there's no overlap, then they're clean and they just pay a fine. I'm kind of surprised it's taken, what, three and a half months to get to this point and they still don't have an answer, Big Cat. Do you think there's an element that the league just doesn't really know what to do because it's in that weird gray area? So they're kind of sitting on their hands here and hoping that it goes away or people like you stop asking, which you won't. I know you. You will not stop asking. You'll ask in well, five relevant. years what's going on. I know. But, but, but why wouldn't I? That's what I but that's what but why would you but why would you act like that's a bad thing? That's what <laughs> not, we do. I know what the I hell know, is wrong with you. That. Why but did the, I miss you being on the show? No, no, listen, you're, you're listen, don't get into your feelings. I'm just saying, do you think there's an element where they're like, we can probably wait out everyone but Florio, that, you know, annoying little gnat that keeps flying by our <laughs> ear and asking us what's going on? I, I just think at some point they have to do something. The Patriots know they're going to get a punishment. The Patriots hope it's only going to be a fine and they're not going to lose draft picks. So it's just odd to me that this thing still lingers. But it's not like the league makes these open issues a huge priority. Antonio Brown, he's still got an open investigation that began in September for a violation of the personal conduct policy. So That's look, crazy. When, yeah. when, 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 when there are no deadlines externally – you can take however much time you want to do whatever you want to do and address it whenever you feel like addressing it. And if no one is banging on your door to provide an answer, then you can just let it sit. And uh, they probably don't like being asked about it because they prefer to let it sit, Big Cat. Yeah, they do. And I think there is that if they wait it out, people will stop thinking about it. People will stop being like, hey, what's going on here? Uh, but we have Mike Florio to thank because he's going to keep beating down the drum. I do. It, it is. What you I'm being I'm being you act honest like right it's, now. But you act but I'm you you find a honest. way to make it derisive. No, just a little, no listen. Just a little I, twist of the knife. I forgot. Here's here's the truth of it is if you had told me that this had already been resolved, I would have said yes, because I didn't I haven't thought about it yeah. ever. So you are you are the collective uh no. memory of America. No, no, I'd forgotten about it too. I did a mailbag yesterday podcast, and somebody asked me about it. It's like, that's a good question. I'll go find the answer, because I thought it was over as well. This hour is over. We'll be back with more right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.